Hello, everyone. Uh, this is a message for Sunday, February 21st, 2021. Thanks for being with us here today. Uh, hope that you're having a blessed morning. And uh, I'd like to now uh, provide a message uh, about wisdom, uh, something that I think that all of us can appreciate and understand and the importance of going to the proper place uh, for wisdom. Uh, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, I just thank you for this time to be able to present your message, not my words, but the words that you have to say uh, about this subject. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to do so. And I pray, Lord, that you just impart uh, wisdom through the power of the Holy Spirit in providing these words and information. And not just for myself, but for everyone else who hears it. I thank you again, Lord, for your gracious presence, for your inspiration, for all that you do to help us, uh, those who are creative, to be able to uh, expound upon what your word has to say and make it really hit home for each and every one of us. We just thank you, Lord, and just give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, this message is about how we are to be wise, to be wise in thought to be wise in living, to be wise in our faith. And it's not about being wise in our own abilities. In some parts, you know, some people may refer to behavior like this as being a wise guy, which is certainly not a compliment. Uh, this message is actually about how we are to be wise as we draw upon the power of the Holy Spirit in our relationship with Jesus Christ. There are lessons to be learned as we continually seek the wisdom of God. Stefan Pastis is a former lawyer turned comic strip artist. He authors a relatively well-known comic strip named Pearls Before Swine. My wife and I have seen Mr. Pastis in person, and he is a very nice gentleman who obviously has a screw or two loose. His comic strips are a reflection of his personality, with characters like pig, rat, goat, zebra, guard duck, and Larry the Crocodile. Well, you get the picture. Now, there is one recurring character in the strip that I will refer to with my carefully edited proper name, Wise Donkey on the Hill. Now, I'm not editing a curse word, but in the interest of the utmost tastefulness, I will leave it to your imagination as to the actual name of the character, as he is a wise donkey sitting on a pail on top of a large hill. Now, pig and rat climb up a hill to reach the wise donkey and ask for advice. As you can imagine, with the premise of humor in the plot line, the donkey's advice was really not all that helpful. Uh, he was more of a wise guy than wise. Now, when we seek advice, do we go to someone who ultimately says what we want to hear? Or, perhaps much better than this, someone who has knowledge and intuition? To go to someone who just repeats or regurgitates what we want to hear is the equivalent of seeking the advice of the donkey on the hill. 
Our problem in taking advice has a direct correlation to how our flesh impacts our ability to take the best course of action and to make good decisions. This is not just about being wise, but also about being smart and using your resource of wisdom very wisely. Let's narrow the focus of this message from generalities to your reality. Where do you go to seek wisdom? To the internet? To your father or mother? To a coworker? To your spouse? To your best friend? Well, the number of sources are endless. But who is your best source? Jesus Christ is, of course, through the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit. Jesus can and has worked through the Holy Spirit in a number of ways to share points of wisdom to his people. It starts with his word, of course. The book of Proverbs has a number of verses that note the importance of loving wisdom and how a person should not live in foolishness. If only the fools in life would listen to God's words of wisdom. Let's take a look at one of the strange but compelling ways that God shared his wisdom to man. Now, we're going to note that he did not use our wise donkey on the hill, but he shares with us from Scripture the story of a donkey who was carrying his owner, Balaam the prophet. Now, before we look more at Balaam and who he was, we must see what each of us need to be aware of as we go and look for advice. And this is an important reminder for me as well. We must be careful to seek wisdom that is coming directly from God and not from this world. Now, this was discussed at length in one of our seminars in Making a Pact, P-A-C-T, with Jesus Christ. The P is for prayer. The A is for asking God with specificity. The C is for consulting others for wise counsel. And the T is to trust in the results. If you are putting Jesus Christ at the forefront, he will give you wisdom. You must use discernment as you search for advice and test it against God's word. If the advice is contrary to scripture, it must be in your life a non-starter. Plain and simple. It's all about living for Jesus Christ and resisting personal fleshly desires and worldly counsel. Please take your Bibles and turn them with your, or your electronic devices for that matter to Galatians chapter 2. Let's take a look at Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2 and verse 20. And this is all about this new life that we have in Christ that helps us to really make the good and proper decisions. And that's an act of wisdom. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now next, we must understand that false teaching and false prophets can be found anywhere and everywhere, especially on the internet. Now please be mindful that the internet has a lot of good information that is applicable to godly wisdom. And it also has the worst, most ungodly advice that you can ever take and act upon. Discernment is very, very important. When seeking advice, tread carefully and always proceed with caution. Satan has an active network of willing and unwary false teachers and false prophets. Some of them are his useful idiots. Some of them are ignorant of God's word and his principles. Therefore, they may speak about half-truths as they offer advice. That's also no good. Some of them are knowingly deceiving people with falsehoods in the guise of wisdom and knowledge, and most likely for personal gain. Now, Balaam was one of those people. Now, we need to understand that Balaam, while he was self-serving, deeply flawed, and generally wicked in nature, he did hear directly from God on several occasions. We will also see that he was a pagan, or in this case, a non-Israelite prophet, who practiced divination and led the people of Israel into apostasy. Balaam had to be a very influential man because people listened to him and believed him. He indeed heard from God, but he was stubborn, wicked, and disobedient. And both Peter and Jude referred to him as a greedy, unscrupulous man. Take a look real quick here at 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. 2 Peter 2, verses 15 and 16. Now, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. They, referring to the false prophets, have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. And then verse 16, but he was rebuked for his iniquity, a dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. Now turn over to Jude, the book of Jude, and we'll refer to it as Jude one eleven. Jude one eleven. There's only one chapter of Jude, but we're going to look at verse 11. Now this is from the English Standard Version. Woe to them, again we're referring to the false teachers, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. So Peter and Jude are warning us in their own letters to the dangers of heeding the words of slick-talking, self-serving, false teachers and false prophets. Now, please note that it does not matter if the advice given is done with or without malice. Following that advice, if it's bad advice, can mess you up. 
if it's not of God according to his will for your life. God knew that Balaam had issues that, in this situation, only a talking donkey could ultimately address. He was so headstrong that he disobeyed God and didn't follow his advice. His donkey had to speak wisdom based upon reasoning and logic in order to get through to his owner. God's wisdom is always good and is compared in Scripture to precious metals like silver and gold. The key here for us to remember is that godly wisdom, like these precious metals, is valuable. It has a value. Take a look real quick at Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs 9, we're going to look at verses 9 through 12. Proverbs 9, verses 9 through 12. Now this will be from the NIV version. And just follow along on yours, please. Verse 9, instruct a wise man, and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man, and he will add to his learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through me your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. So here's something to consider from this passage we just took a look at here. People who are wise before the Lord will want to learn more. People who scoff at godly wisdom will face hardship. To be wise before Jesus is to seek after him. To be foolish is to not take his good advice. Now let's take a closer look at Balaam and where he almost got himself destroyed because of his own anger and arrogance. In the book of Numbers, chapter 22, and you can go to that while we're uh, looking at this brief synopsis, Balak, the acting king of the Moabites, received an appeal from his people about Moses and the Israelites, who were traveling through their land after departing from Egypt. They were dreading the presence of the Israelites, who had already routed the Amorites. Now, Balak sent his messengers to Balaam, who had a reputation as a prophet of God, to ask him to put a curse on the Israelites because they were powerful and he wanted an opportunity to defeat them. Now, God was clear in his communication with Balaam that he was not to put a curse on the Israelites because they were blessed. That's in verse 12 of Numbers 22. After Balak insisted meeting with Balaam, he gave additional consideration to his request, even though God had already forbidden him to curse the Israelites. Balaam went back to God about Balak's request and was told by God to go, but do exactly as he said. So now we pick up in the passage at the time when Balaam set out with his donkey. Now that's in Numbers 22, verses 22 through 34. We're going to cover all those verses just to take you through the scenario of what actually took place. Uh, because Balaam went out. And he did so, even though God said he could, uh, uh, God was not very happy with Balaam and his choices that he was making. So look at what it says right here in verse 22. 
Now, this is the Holman Christian Standard Bible Version. Uh, just follow along, please. But God was incensed that Balaam was going. And the angel of the Lord took his stand on the path to oppose him. Balaam was riding his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw that the angel of the Lord, standing on the path with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the path and went into the field. So Balaam hit her to return to the path. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow passage between the vineyards with a stone wall on either side. The donkey saw the angel of the Lord and pressed herself against the wall, squeezing Balaam's foot against it. So he hit her once again. In verse 26, the angel of the Lord went ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn to the right or the left. When the donkey saw that the angel of the Lord, saw the angel of the Lord, she crouched down under Balaam. So he became furious and beat the donkey with his stick. Verse 28. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and she asked Balaam, what have I done to you that you have beaten me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey, you have made me look like a fool. If I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you now. But the donkey said, am I not the donkey you've ridden all your life until today? Have I ever treated you this way before? No, he replied. Verse 31, Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the path with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam knelt and bowed with his face to the ground. Then the angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? Look, I came out to oppose you because what you are doing is evil in my sight. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not turned away from me, I would have killed you by now and let her live. Verse 34, Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you were standing in the path to confront me. And now, if it is evil in your sight, I will go back. So let's look at this. God was angry with Balaam because he was knowingly disobedient to God. Let's be clear about that. And he was high-minded as in proud and arrogant. Balaam, in turn, was so furious and blinded with anger, frustration, and embarrassment, perhaps because he knew that he was outside of God's will in his disobedience, and he basically took it all out on his donkey. Balaam was not using wisdom at all. As a result, God had to open the mouth of his donkey to present him with a logical argument which opened the door for wisdom. The angel of the Lord provided the final exclamation point to the donkey's statement. And the lesson here is that sometimes God must do the extraordinary to get one's attention. We can take this even further by trying to get into Balaam's head as to what he was thinking. But it's not really all that complicated. When one practices disobedience to God, it is frankly an open defiance of God's will and his commands. 
Does God have to show you things out of the ordinary just to get your attention? Even more pointedly, does he have to open the mouths of the donkeys in your life to get you to do what is right? God wants us to think rightly. He wants us to make the right decisions. God wants us to use godly wisdom. He wants us to be wise. Please take a look at James chapter 1, verse 5. James 1, 5. This is from the English Standard Version. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. In order to be wise, I've created an acronym of the word wise to look at four steps you can take as you operate in obedience and faithfulness in Jesus Christ. So let's take a look at this using the word wise. The W stands for wait. Wait. Take a pause. Now you've heard the expression, look before you leap. And even the rhyming of that phrase, think before you speak. Notice that it is always best when making important decisions to take your time and give the matter to the Lord in sincere, honest prayer. Allow the Lord to speak and use the pact methodology that we spoke about earlier as the Spirit provides wisdom. The Holy Spirit is going to give you what you need. But just wait. Wait for Him. Psalm 27, 14 in the New Living Translation says, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Now, all the different versions of Psalm 27, 14 you're going to take a look at basically have the same uh, reference where they repeat about waiting on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And that's for emphasis. Another verse to look at is Proverbs twenty nine eleven. This is the English Standard Version. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Lamentations 3.25 The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Wait. Now let's look at the eye. Inquire of God. The eye is for inquire. Inquire of God. Pray. Meditate on his word. Ask. Seek. Knock. You'll recognize that from Matthew 7, 7. Wisdom is something that God freely provides, but you need to ask God to give it to you. His word is the gold standard of wisdom. It separates the wheat from the chaff. His word is what helps provide wisdom for us, but we sometimes have to ask 
even for understanding as we're reading his word. Nothing wrong with that. You should always be doing that. 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, Christian Standard Bible Version says, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. To look at God's word and allow it to teach you is a wise thing to do. It's smart. Each of these things that are noted here in this passage in 2 Timothy 3 are centered on God's wisdom. Balaam actually did inquire of God and God answered him, but he failed to heed God's advice. He's a reminder to each of us that wisdom will be elusive to those who are disobedient to God. It's really a shame if you really take good advice and you just don't pay attention to it. Proverbs 26, 12. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Here's another one. I'll let you turn to this one so you can read it with me. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17. Now, I'll be reading from the Christian Center Bible version. And I typically choose different passages like this just to show the flow of English as it's being spoken. It, it has its own way of speaking to us uh, individually. Verse 15 of Ephesians 5. Pay careful attention, then, to how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We need to be in constant prayer that we are doing everything and anything according to God's will. And there's really nothing too small to pray over in that area too. We need to be very conscious of that. The S means to seek his truth. Seek his truth. Of course we want to seek wisdom, but it's very important for us to also seek truth. Because if we're seeking truth and if we're being honest and we're being honest about where we are uh, as a people, as a person, as individuals, um, as a church, seeking truth is really important in this quest for wisdom. The emphasis here is to follow God's truth, which is rooted in his word. Allow the spirit to speak to you as you dwell in his word daily. If you want to live and act in wisdom, let's take a look at what Jeremiah 29.13 says. Go real quick to Jeremiah 29.13. And this is about wanting to live and act in wisdom. So there are things that we need to be doing. There needs to be a sincere effort of seeking out God and not just doing it casually. It says in Jeremiah 29, 13, English Standard Version, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. All your heart. Give it all you got. Matthew six thirty three. 
It says, but first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. To be wise is to love his truth, loving God's truth, loving the truth spoken by Jesus Christ. And here's an example of that. John 17, 17, where he is praying directly to God himself, telling God and asking God to make sure that he sanctifies us, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. It teaches us, it molds us, it shapes us. We learn more and more as we trust in God's word. The E stands for exemplary living. Exemplary living is reflected what? In your actions, how you live. Your exemplary speech should be a reflection of godly wisdom. Take a look real quick, please, at Psalm 1914. Psalm 1914. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Hmm. Ephesians 4.29 is another verse. And this is the emphasis on how you speak and living an exemplary life before Christ. You know, there's a reason why people are told, you know, to use the proper language and, you know, don't cuss. Say things that are going to honor God. Live in such a way where you're honoring God. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may grace, give grace to those who hear. Another way to live in an exemplary manner is to do so with service. Your exemplary service should be a reflection of God's wisdom. Take a look real quick at 1 Peter chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 10 and 11. 1 Peter 4 verses 10 and 11. Starting with verse 10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as God's stewards, pardon me, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him being glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, living a sanctified life in Jesus Christ should reflect the wisdom and power of the Holy Spirit. Philippians 2.13 Philippians 2.13 English Standard Version. For it is God who works with you, pardon me, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. 
For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Here's one more. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. All of these things are wise. It is how we are to live and breathe each day in obedience to Jesus Christ. All true wisdom comes from Jesus Christ through his empowering and indwelling Holy Spirit. Of course, that is if you indeed know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Live in his wisdom. Solomon gives us the same message here in Ecclesiastes 12, verses 9 through 10. Let's take a look at that. Ecclesiastes 12, verses 9 and 10. Solomon is referring to this wisdom in Ecclesiastes, and he is writing about the teacher. Now, if you look at this passage, I have the Christian Standard Bible version. Uh, this teacher is capitalized. And as you know, that God refers many times to, uh, pardon me, people in the scripture refer to Jesus Christ as a teacher, as a rabbi. So it kind of caught me there that we're referring to the teacher here. And let's take a look at what it says. Verse 9 of Ecclesiastes 12. In addition to the teacher being a wise man, he constantly taught the people knowledge. He weighed, explored, and arranged many proverbs. The teacher sought to find delightful sayings and write words of truth accurately. So we automatically need to make the conclusion that this teacher is none other than Jesus Christ. All 66 books of the Bible are written by, uh, directly or indirectly, referring back to Jesus Christ as a Savior, as a teacher. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us teaching of God's very word through his power and continues to sanctify us as we uh, take it in every day and just look at it, study it, grow within it. He is the teacher. Jesus teaches us through his word with godly knowledge and truth. Be thankful that he is readily available to assist you. You want to be wise? Wait on Jesus inquire of him, seek his truth, exemplify his life. Be wise and remain in faithful fellowship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. To do anything less is to act and live in futility. Father, I just thank you for your teaching. I thank you for how you provide wisdom. And all that you ask us to do is to seek you and come to you. And even do so as we learn more about you to just grow more and more. Lord, we know that you want sincere people. 
people who definitely want to do what they can to live and grow with your very presence in, in their lives. And Lord, may we internalize this now as well too, that we indeed live for you, that we indeed seek after your wisdom. Help us with decisions. Help us with growth. Help us with even conveying your wisdom to others. We thank you for loving us and giving us what we need to live in a world of uncertainty. Bless us and keep us, O oh Lord, and we give you praise and thanks. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. I hope you got something out of that. Very, very important to live with wisdom and be wise in Jesus Christ. Take care of yourself. God bless you all. Thanks.